It's lunchtime in Central Texas. Live at one of the year's biggest events. As you can see, the crowd is going wild. Let's see who will have their cake and eat it, too. It's time for the press box. What are we having? Uh, just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? Soup. Oh, apple juice. I can read. PB and J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Here's your host, Ward White and Cameron Stewart, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Literally lunchtime in Central <laughs> Texas. <laughs> for us here in the press box. Thanks You're to welcome. Steph. You're welcome. Wow. Well, y'all give me a hard time about missing Taco Tuesday, so. We had Taco Thursday. We had Taco Maybe. Thursday here. Taco Thirsty Thursday. Right. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. We got our monsters. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice. Thank you. I'm a nice person. Let's don't get I've been away. trying to tell people that, Steph. Oh, do Believe I have a reputation? Me. Believe me. <laughs> I have been banging that door. You know, Steph's a nice person. I'm, a, I'm kind. I'm smart. I know my way around the Googles. <laughs> nice. You do know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I like football. And I like football. Okay. And fuzzy sweaters. <laughs> and fuzzy sweaters. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of football. Hmm. The L.A. Chargers have their new head coach, Yep, Jim Harbaugh, heading mm. out of Michigan into L.A. to take over the Chargers. Y'all called Look, it. We we kind of, uh, well, I don't know if it was y'all. I think it was kind of a, a nationwide. <laughs> y'all called it. Pretty, pretty much <laughs> of an assumption that yep. was going to happen, mm-hmm. but it finally did. I don't know why it took two interviews, but it did. Money. Did they but, make an official announcement other than just who has it better than us? I didn't see any tweet after that. I'm sure they did, but what a way to do it. That was a pretty good one, right? What a way to do it. I mean, it it was a great way to announce it. That said, there's an easy response to that. They are still the Chargers. There are a lot of teams that have it better than them. There's a lot of folks. You look at Jim Harbaugh and what he's been able to do everywhere he's been, and he took a Stanford team and – Won, what, 70% of the games there? Mm-hmm. He took a Michigan team, won 77% of the games there. He was in San Francisco, won 68% of the games in San Francisco, and he took over a team that was not real good yeah. at all. They were a bad football team. Mm-hmm. He turns around in the first year, he goes 13 and 3, three is that yeah. right? 13 and 3, and then gets them to the, the championship game. Was he right after Singletary, or was there someone in between? I can't remember. That's a great question. I Even think if there he, was someone in between, Singletary ran that team into the ground. God it, love them. They were great, but yeah, it, they it, were it in a bad not, way. It did not work out. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, they weren't – I shouldn't say that. They weren't that great when he, Singletary started, so I don't know if ran into the ground, but didn't, didn't <laughs> but he elevate did, it any. He, he did not pull them out of the <laughs> no, ditch. No, no. Uh, it, was, it was like a decade and a half of futility, really, there in mm-hmm. San Francisco when he got there. I mean, it's very similar to the Stanford deal. And he's done it a couple different ways. You know, you look at the team he won with at Michigan this year. Quarterback didn't do anything. And J.J. McCarthy, again, God love him, but a pea shooter of an arm. They weren't a, any kind of this, this 
He's a pedestrian quarterback. Offense. Yeah, I mean, they had good running game and a great defense. You look at San Francisco, a team he took to the Super Bowl. Pretty good defense, but a very dynamic quarterback and a lot of offensive weapons around him. Like, th- he can do it all different ways. And he's shown that at the highest levels. No-brainer for me. Oh, I, I think it's a it's a win for the Chargers. And Especially since they think they already have the quarterback. I, I was going to say, I, I think they feel pretty good about Justin yeah. Herbert and where he's at right now, and I think you'd have to. And I, I, that defense is not that far off. They're no. in a tough division. I mean, yes. make no mistake about it. They're Absolutely. in a tough division. So it's going to be something that they're going to have to overcome and take that next step. Is Jim Harbaugh the guy that can help them take the next step? I would think with his track record and what he's proven he's done at the last few stops he's had, you'd have to say, yeah, probably so. Tough to bet against it. It is. Tough to bet against it. Say that. It really is. I I, I think it's fascinating. And the other thing that I think is fascinating about the NFL coaching carousel is now that Jim Harbaugh is taking over the Chargers, we're starting to see dominoes fall. Mm-hmm. Was, was that was that the waiting game where everybody was sitting going, going okay, where's Jimbo going? What, I think so. What's Jim going to do? And, I mean, all of a sudden, the Panthers have a new head coach 24 hours later. Yep. I mean, are we going to start seeing other dominoes fall more rapidly now that these coaches are falling into place. Now, there's, there will be some that will sit there and say, there's a couple of coaches we want to talk to that are a little bit busy right now, mm-hmm. like the Lions yeah. offensive yeah. coordinator. He's he's up for a couple a of jobs. Yeah. So maybe that's the, the waiting game that we're going to have to wait on to see how those fare through the next couple of weeks until we get past the Super Bowl. But I, I still think it's interesting that all of a sudden these other teams are starting to go, okay, this one's off the board. This one's That's off out, the board. Yeah. yeah, this one's off the board. We better hire somebody pretty quick. Yeah, and, and I think they're – it's not necessarily, I guess, apples to apples when you're looking for a head coach, but I think if you're looking to build a staff, you do kind of have to wait and see sometimes of, oh, Harbaugh is going to get that job after all. That's official now. Here's a guy we were looking at offensive coordinator for the next staff, but he's probably going to go with Harbaugh now. You know, there, there is some of that, but it is weird. We t- kind of talked about this yesterday of how weird it's been that it's kind of dragged on and the rumor mill isn't what it's like in other years. I mean, other years we would have heard yesterday morning, <laughs> you know, Chargers are going to hire Harbaugh today. That's going to happen. Instead of the tweet at whatever, 6 p.m. of who's got it better than us. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's... It is still kind of weird how it's how it's playing out, but that one of two big names off the board, and the others not interviewing other places. It sounds like so. Um, it's I think it's going to fall into place in the next week here before we get to Super Bowl media days in a couple of days. That'll be fun. Couple, a week and a half, whatever. Hmm. Where's Belichick ghost out? If I were him, I'd just retire. <laughs> Not going to happen. It's not. It's not in his well, DNA. Well, do all the walk racing he wants if he just retires. No, I walk mean, racing. I, I mean, he's just, he's built to be, it's just in his blood. It's his yeah. DNA to coach. It's He's a leader. And uh, 
So I don't know. Maybe I don't know where I'll go. But if I were him, how old is he? 71. 71. 72. Yeah, see, when I'm 71, I don't want to be doing nothing. Well, maybe. Okay. I'm just saying. I don't know if I want to be 71. Me either. I say wow. that to. I say that. To, just seems like half the breaks you two. Okay, know. maybe seventy five, and then just take stop me home. it. I don't think I'm, I'm going to age well. I don't I'm think not, I'm going to age. Well, I'm aging well. So, <laughs> oh lord, you had to open that. I don't know where he goes, honestly. Right, so well. I guess it's show me the money. Uh, to me, yeah, it looks like Atlanta. Show or me the money. So I say Atlanta, but I, I still don't understand why you have to interview. Bill Belichick twice, and you're still not. So still the six Super Bowls, right? Yeah, yeah. it's hmm. still not certain that well, this is the uh, guy that you want in your building. I I don't get. Don't that. you think that's a money thing though? Do you think that okay they're interviewing him twice? No, but you don't know it, what they're talking about. I I had I think it has nothing to do with money. Nothing I think there's money. some personalities in that building that, that are maybe not, they don't get along. They're not meshing the way that you would like it to be and a I'm feel sure. good moment. And I'm I'm sure that even with Belichick's pedigree, the way his team has been the last couple of years without Brady, I'm sure there's divisiveness in any building he would interview in. Like the decision makers, the war room of, I'll bet it's not a unanimous pick of, oh, this is our guy. And I know it's only Atlanta right now, but I imagine that's a problem he'd run into just about everywhere he goes right now. And, and I, okay, that's fair. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. But, Name me one coach who would not be the same coach without Tom Brady. It's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I would also I would also Mike say McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> I, would also, good, I would also say to kind of compat my own point is that there can't be many coaches in the league that there's not some divisiveness in a war room. You know, I'm sure there was one dissenter to the Jim Harbaugh experience in LA you know there's never going to be a unanimous decision very no there's not there's not there's absolutely not and and that's my entire point yeah I mean if you want to compare hey what Bill Belichick did was absolutely all because of Tom Brady you're misguided because what Tom Brady did coincided with what Bill Belichick did Mm -hmm. and the two went hand in hand. Now, when Tom Brady left and went to Tampa, was the Patriots as good? No, they weren't. But look who they had at quarterback. Right. I mean, and, and I would say this they had in stinkers. The defense, in the defense of that, too, which a lot of people don't really realize, and this shows Brady's greatness for sure, but like those last two seasons, there was not a ton of talent on that team. No, there and, wasn't. Like it was pretty obvious once he was gone, it was it was already a rebuilding job. It was it was the re- once he left, it was the rebuilding job without the benefit of having the draft capital or, you know, the shiny new toy or anything like that. So, I would say and sure, you know, a lot of the teams that are out there looking for coaches are also looking to rebuild. So, I get that point, but you're saying a coach failed this rebuild, which we see all the time in this league, and we've seen guys come back from that. You know, it's not like coaching an expansion team, but when you're rebuilding from scrap, it's from scratch, it's not that far off, is what I'm trying to yeah, say. So it's right. a bit of a defense to Bill Belichick. I, I know it still doesn't excuse the job, you know, if he's supposed to be the greatest coach ever, uh, but 
it's not unlike taking a guy who failed a rebuild and and taking him after the next job. You know what I mean by that? You, you got yeah. yeah. You got to be handed the tools to be right. able to do the job right. And he knew. And, this and was I don't going care if you're coaching football, if you're coaching basketball, if you're coaching baseball. It, hell, if you're building a house, mm-hmm. if you don't have the right tools, it makes the job that much harder. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it makes it to where it may not be as level as you want it to be. And when you are in the National Football League with all the parity that is in the National Football League, you better have a few tools in your toolbox or you're going to be climbing uphill the entire time. Yeah, And that's where he was. Yeah, and so it's just not as easy as saying, boy, how did he mess this up? They were in the Super Bowl two years before they were 7-9. and nine. It's just, it's, all Look I'm at saying the is roster. it's not that easy. Yeah, yeah, truly. And that does speak to Brady's greatness too. I get that. But, oh, it absolutely uh, does. Which I'm not going to ever downplay. So, <laughs> uh, but it's just not as cut and dry as I think a, a lot of people think. I don't want that to look like an excuse, but it's not like he had this Super Bowl roster still and could not figure out how to win games without Tom Brady. He was starting over. Well, and you can also say that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What was one thing that Tom Brady didn't have the last two years he was in New England was a surrounding cast, right? An NFL outside receiver, yeah. An outside receiver Gronk. capable of playing What did NFL. Tom Brady have in, in Gronk the last year? What yeah. did Tom Brady have in Tampa Bay when he was able to go down there and win a Super Bowl? Gronk. Did have Gronk. Had an all pro outside he, receiver. He also had, had a couple of really good ones outside of him too. In a running game. <laughs> yep. He he had supporting cast. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying that, that, hey, he got into a situation where he had guys around him and he was, that he you know, he's the best of. that's ever played yeah. and he was able to handle it. Yeah. Well, he had Evans. What's, what's his, I can't think of Mike his Evans. Yeah. yeah. Mike Evans. Godwin. Who, who always had his back on that field, if you remember back when. And so, yeah. I mean, it, there's something to be said about having a roster to go along with exactly. the greatest quarterback that's ever played. Yeah. I mean, it, there just is. So it's to say Belichick easy, completely fell on his face without Tom Brady, there was a lot more missing than just Tom Brady for Bill Belichick. Right. And I still think that, you know, he's a viable guy that I, I don't know why you don't open the doors and say, yeah, you got you got six Lombardis. Come on, let's see what you can do. Yeah, especially Atlanta with the situation we're talking about. Like I that division and some of the weapons they have it just wouldn't stun me at all if Belichick got a veteran quarterback, not this guy, but someone like a Ryan Tannehill or someone like a Baker Mayfield down in Tampa and got them to the playoffs. Like, that that wouldn't shock me at all. Isn't that a win for the Falcons? Yes. It's yes. a win. I mean, right now, they are looking for a seat at the table. You know, there are other teams, like the Cowboys, who are looking for a coach to get them over the hump and get to a Super Bowl. And maybe Belichick does fit that in some ways, which we've talked about before. But if you're Atlanta, you got to start where the start is. you got to get to the playoffs. I mean, it's been years for that. I mean, and, and I just think the way this guy can, can find talent on the defensive side, we know the offensive side's not, not, not his uh, forte of finding talent. But he's a but, defensive guy. Right, right. He can build a defense with whatever. You've already got some offensive weapons out there. You find a veteran quarterback who can get the car in the garage, and you're in the garage. 
Because now you have the coach. And again, with Atlanta, we talked about this before, but that is an organization that really just hasn't gotten the coach right for... A long time. A long time. Like 30 years since like Jerry Glanville. I mean, the most they've gotten it right was Dan Quinn. They went to the Super Bowl. You know, it's not a bad tenure there, but they canned him a couple years later. You know, so it's not... This is an organization that, like me trying to put my water bottle straight up here, cannot get it right when picking the head coach. It, look, it, and there's something to be said about, hey, if you hire Belichick, do you sell more tickets? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And, there's, and I mean, in bottom line, isn't it about making money in the NFL? Yes. Ask Jerry, man. There you sure go. Sure is. There Absolutely. You go. And the attention that gets on that franchise, I mean— Obviously, Brady's a big part of this, but the 2000s Patriots are the most covered team in the history of pro sports. Well, if if Bill Belichick goes to the Patriots, they're HBO bound. Yes, they are. They're there. They're man. hard they're knocks. They're hard knocks. They're HBO bound. They're a immediately in a good and, way. Yeah, in a good way. And you just elevated your status to the Lonely Falcons <laughs> yeah. as being, uh oh, all eyes on us. And by the way, unlike what's happened with the Cowboys for years, you're going to you're got a coach who's going to bring this media circus w- to you. And there's been no coach maybe in the history of football that has handled it better than this guy. Like this team, his team, his teammates or his uh players families are not getting on social media all in the same week talking about how much the other players suck. He's <laughs> he's handled it better than anybody. All that to say, I can't believe now that we're talking about this, I just can't believe Atlanta hasn't already hired him. <laughs> Maybe today will be the day. You think? I mean, and do we know right. who else they're Maybe. looking at? I don't know, man. I, I don't even know who I else they're looking at. We'll any, check that I, on the break. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine anyone who hasn't hired is still looking at Ben Johnson, but there's other, other names out there. Big 12 women's basketball last night. We'll get into some of the scores last night, and it just shows the parity not only in the men's side, but the women's side as well as the Big 12 race continues on both sides. That's coming up next on the Press Box. Baylor Big 12 basketball on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor basketball welcomes TCU into Foster Pavilion this Saturday. 2.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 3 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor basketball. ESPN Central Texas. Save big on your next pre-owned car or truck at Richard Car. Well-qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2021 Nissan Versa for $196 a month or a pre-owned 2021 Buick Encore for $286 a month or a pre-owned 2018 Chevy Silverado for $360 a month. 100 thoroughly inspected pre-owned vehicles are on the lot and priced to sell. 100% approval is always our goal. Call, log on, or get here now for the New Year New Ride pre-owned savings event at Richard Car. With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. 
recommend everyone seek out QC Kinetics as an alternative to surgery. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive through on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. You could have left that up for a minute. You didn't get to the good stuff. Mm. Nice. I don't like much of that hippie stuff, but this is a pretty good song. (laughs) Hippie stuff. (laughs) Reminds me of my days at the bear. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Press Box, presented by Scott's Lease Trailers. Also brought to you by CWP and Pickup Outfitters here on this Thirsty Thursday. And we got tacos on a Thirsty Thursday. Lots to get thirsty. Thank you, Steph. Appreciate that. She'll be back with us in just a little bit. Women's basketball last night. As uh, you saw, number 10, Texas, go down to Oklahoma, 91-87 to 87 last night. I know that makes Aaron happy. Cincinnati takes down Oklahoma State, 58-56. to 56. Houston loses to Tech, 66-48. to 48. Tech women playing pretty well right now. Yeah. And KU beats Iowa State, 60-58. to 58. And... Cameron, I'll ask you this. It's just another example of 
the parity in the Big 12. And even on the women's side, there's not a whole lot of separation in my mind. Right. More than maybe closer than we've ever seen. Like right up. I know people look at Kansas State at the top at 8 0 and they're thinking, what are these guys talking about? But you look after that, I mean, Baylor was the odds on favorite two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now they've lost three out of four. And that allows Texas to to leapfrog them, and then Texas loses. And so it's like that's that's a huge win for Baylor that Texas lost. And Kansas and Iowa State, uh, two teams that beat Baylor, uh, are on the cusp of the top 25 and are right in the mix of this thing. They battled out. Kansas has a huge win uh, against them last night by two points to, to kind of salvage some of those hopes still to, to leap into that upper echelon of the Big 12, even without a number next to their name. This is a good year for the conference, man. It, it really is. Um, huh. I mean, you see it evidenced by Baylor barely hangs on on Saturday against UCF, a team that hadn't won a game in conference. Mm-hmm. Then UCF loses to TCU, which is the best story in the conference. There's I, so I think much going on. I think that that's still the coolest thing, that they were able to come away with a win. Yeah. I don't care who they're playing. It, it could have been name the, name right, the team. That's right. fine. But for them to piece it together and come away with a win after having to go out and have open tryouts, that's that's, that's a cool story feat. in the Big 12, out of the Big 12. Yeah. I don't care what conference you're in. Hats off to Coach Campbell for being able to get that done. Yeah, and we mentioned it too, the, the changing of the offense, the having to play these players, not just adding a couple walk-ons, but having to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know, a puncher's chance of, of making a postseason. Thirteen and one at home, by the way, for TCU. Still, not a not a bad not record. Bad. You got to defend your home court. That's right. And defend that, your home court. Look, if you defend your home court, especially in this conference in the Big Twelve, you're going to set yourself up pretty good. Yep. I don't care what else you do. If you can defend your home court, steal a couple on the road. I know it's cliche, but if you can really do that, you have a daggum good chance of getting to postseason play. Yeah, and that's true for the men's and the women's. I think there's a there's a famous story that Scott Drew loves to tell of when he first got into the conference. Roy Williams was, I think, just leaving Kansas. Mm-hmm. And he said, you have got to win your home games here in the Big 12 because when you take the road, it is the toughest conference in America to win your road games. And Scott says, you know, that's obviously even more true now because of the actual quality of all of these teams and all of the home environments that maybe weren't that great back in 2003 have all been upgraded. So it's uh in and the women play in these places too. So right. it's it's not an easy conference to just go on the road and win. We saw that two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They were top five, and they're facing an, a team that's 0-3 in conference in Kansas and gets their doors blown off on the road. And then fights a lot harder in the in the next game, but also on the road at Iowa State, and they lose that one too. You know, it's not that Baylor isn't talented; it's just that this league is something else from what we've seen in years past. It's not it's not anymore Baylor, UT, and everyone else. No, it's not. It, it absolutely is not. And it, you know, even on the men's side, you look at some of the teams that well, I had written off, like West Virginia. Without Huggy Bear, I thought, yeah, this is not going to be the same West Virginia. Well, they're fighting and clawing and knocking people off. Yeah. And yes. It, Wild. It, it absolutely just goes to show that <laughs> don't 
don't take a night off. Don't think you're going to go in there and not be able to play your game at, at the height of your game and sneak out with a win because you're not going to be able to. If you don't go in ready to play, you're going to get beat. I don't know how any of these coaches have any hair left. Because I tell you, <laughs> watching watching men or women's for Baylor, any game in the Big 12, it's stressful as heck, man. It's not even a fun experience. Mm-hmm. It's fun if you win, but every game is like pulling teeth. Oh, so I guess some people might think it's fun. I mean, <laughs> if if you can't have fun, fun in follow. this conference, yeah. you're, you're you're barking up the wrong tree because this is on both sides, in my opinion, are the best conferences in basketball oh, in sure. the country. Sure, and, just and, from the parity that's in it, and just from I think I really, really, truly believe this on the men's side and the women's side. On any given night, if things are going just right for any one of these teams. They can get an upset. Yeah. And and that parody actually helps me a lot because we've seen over the last week and a half, two weeks, Baylor men's and women's, they've had some tough losses, some games they probably should have won. And so you have that. I have the meltdown on the postgame show, all of that. And then the next day, somebody else loses that should have won. And so it's like, I, it, it just kind of brings you into perspective every night. And, uh, you know, again, the, both those teams are slipping right now. But both of those teams are very much still players to win this conference. Mm-hmm. They need to turn some things around, but everyone else is losing too. You know, Baylor loses, then the next night Kansas does. Or or in the case of the women, you know, Iowa State had, had was the shock team, and they started 6-0 and in the conference. Well, now they've lost two in a row. So it, you're never out of it. And Texas loses to Oklahoma. Now they're down to five and three. Baylor it's just four and three. So they're they're within touching distance and they've got the tiebreaker right now. And so there's just every night the narrative changes. The only narrative that stays the same is that it's not everyone's conference, but it's like half the team in the league can still win well, this thing. It's really still wide open. Win it. Yeah. It, it is wide open. And it's great basketball. There's not many of them out there that are like that. Coming up on Saturday, you got Iowa State at West Virginia on the women's side, Houston at UCF, Cincinnati at Texas, TCU at Texas Tech. That will be interesting because TCU goes on the road for the first time after their, I guess you call it a rebuild. After you mid-season rebuild, yeah, yeah. put the pieces back together. BYU at number four, Kansas State, and Kansas at Oklahoma. And then, of course, on Saturday, you'll hear right here on ESPN Central Texas, Bader women at Oklahoma State with a 1 o'clock tip-off and a 12.30 pregame. So the women will be back in action coming up on Sunday. On the men's side last night in the Big 12, it was Iowa State hanging on barely to beat KU on their home floor, 78-67. to That was game was a little bit closer than that going down the stretch, and then Iowa State was able to kind of pull away from that late in that basketball game. But still, again, it just goes to show that Kansas State goes into a tough place to play in Ames. It's not easy to play there night in and night out. And really, they gave Iowa State all they wanted last night. Yeah, and for Iowa State, I think they came in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I think it's both these teams, as a matter of fact, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, and to some degree Tech, will have that all season long because at best people, including myself, are still picking them to 
be in the middle of the conference, even though they're playing some of the best basketball. And with that, with those four teams being very similar, there's a certain flavor of the week aspect to it, right? And last week it was Kansas State. You know, they came off a tough loss against Tech, and they and they beat Baylor in overtime. Jerome Tang, everyone's singing his praises again, and people kind of forget about Iowa State, even though they win on the road at, at TCU. Well, they knock them in the mouth in the first half. They're mm-hmm. up 12 at the half with 41 points and hang on to get a convincing Nine points is convincing in this league. It is. Victory at home. And now all of a sudden, we're going to be talking about the Cyclones this week. You yeah, know? They, so, they survived the run yeah, from Kansas State. And that's what you have you to know do. On coming. Your, yep. You have to do that on your home floor. If you can, because look, in this conference, every one of these teams are capable of making runs. Mm-hmm. And Will. what you have to talk to your team about is look, they're going to make a run. How do you react and survive that run? Home floor, on the road, whatever it may be. If you can do that, you can win basketball games in this league. Yep. You know it's coming every time. Not just that they're capable, but it's going to come. It's going to come. We're going to be able to count on one hand how many 20, 25-point victories there are in this conference. I think we've had one so far of 20 points or more. Like it's, It's just not going to be... That kind of conference. And you saw it. I mean, to your to your point exactly. Kansas State goes down 12 in the first half, and they outscore Iowa State in the second half. Like, you know, even, even the offensively challenged teams, of which I do think Kansas State is one. It's not that they're terrible. They've got a couple of good scores. But, um, you know, there are times where they're, they're, they can't light it up like some of these other teams. Cincinnati's the great example. They, mm-hmm. they can't. They're offensively inept. But they don't get blown out. So there is a there is a run whether it's us going twenty to nothing against you or you're not scoring for five minutes. There's a run coming, and that's what you got to do. You got to hold it off. You got to hold it off, whether at home or on the road. Weather that storm. Coming up on Saturday in the Big Twelve, a full slate of games. Of course, you'll hear Baylor and TCU three o'clock, two thirty pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas. That will be at the Foster. Also, Kansas State at number four, Houston. That one do anything for you? Yes. I think so, too. Yes. As a matter of fact, it does. Because um, I, I, I still, I, I like Houston again. I did, I went a little mum on them after those two straight losses, even though I thought they were still good teams that they lost to. I didn't, I didn't know too much, but they still defend better than anyone in the country. I think they're the best defensive team in the country. and. You just you can't say enough about that, about how many games that's going to win you. Um, and, of course, we all love Jerome Tang around here, love the job he's done at Kansas State. Know he'll come out with a good game plan, uh, but this is going – I know they're all slugfests, but this is going to be a slugfest. This is two really excellent defensive teams going at it. So I like Houston in a, in a tight one, um, but we'll see. That's going to be that. That to me might be the most intriguing. I game think it's the most. That's, that's exactly where I was fixing to go. For if you're looking at this Big Twelve schedule, and nothing against anybody else in the conference, but you look at that one, and I think, okay, I'm locked in because I look. I love defense. I I love yeah. a basketball team that will get up on their toes and defend. And to me, there's nothing more fun than to watch that because you you are able to disrupt another team's offense and get a couple of fast break points, and all of a sudden things start making it 
a little bit easier for you, and they start pressing a little bit. And just I love watching a good team yes. play good defense. You know, and that was like the national championship year for Scott Drew and the Bears. They were the best defense in the country, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, try and score on us. Yes. Yeah, and we'll get you the sucker punch the other way. By the way, there, I, I did. I do still think this might be the most intriguing. There are two great games, two other great ranked games in the conference this weekend. That shows you how good this conference is. Again, because K-State isn't even one of those ranked teams, but yet we're both looking at that Houston-Kansas State game and like rubbing our hands together. Boy, that's going to be fun. <laughs> and then you look at the next two on the slate and you're like, oh boy, how am I going to miss watching these ones too? Yeah, Kansas at Iowa State, number seven versus number 23, Iowa State coming off the win. At home, they're at home again. Again, it's a tough place to play in Ames. Oh yeah, I mean oh, that yeah. that, I mean, it's the that second field house the is raucous. Yeah, and Kansas coming in with a little chip on their shoulder as well because a lot of people are saying, eh, "We thought it was the Jayhawks, but maybe they're not the real Jayhawks this year." Oh, and you know that's just. And that's the that, Kansas fans the wrong way. Just oh, the fans and, and in particular, Bill Self, but you sure think he's Self. swallowing that pill yeah, very well? Thinking, and he knows how good these basketball teams are. But he, you've got to have this ego of as a coach thinking, Houston, Baylor, Texas Tech, we're Kansas. God doggone it, <laughs> you know. And so I know that's got to be. They're seeing the headlines for sure. For sure, they're seeing that. There's no doubt, no doubt. So mm, that one could be fun. fun. And the other one, number 20, Texas Tech, who is on a rise, taking on Oklahoma, coming off a big win for the Sooners. And I, this one, for obvious reasons for me, is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. But the other side of it is, is this going to be one of the real looks at, okay, it's been a cute story so far for the Red Raiders. Now you're going into a hostile environment. On an OU team that is hot as fire right now, can you go in there and give yourself a chance or can you go in there and get the upset? Because if they do, I think there's a lot of different looks at Texas Tech if they can go in to Norman and upset the Sooners. Yeah. And, and, and that's I'll... a tall ask, but I'm sure. saying we're going to find out a lot about the Red Raiders. Are they for real mm-hmm. or are they just – making their way up to being for real. And I think you can say some of those things about Oklahoma, too. Like, yeah. again, we we weren't – I mean, nobody was expecting OU to be in the top 15, potentially top 10, uh, even once you – even when they weren't playing Big 12 schedule yet. And yet here they are. And so, yeah, I think it's two teams that were not expected to be here. But I, I use this term a lot. They're not playing with house money. They, no. were, they weren't expected to be here, but they're thinking, we're here. We're legit. We can compete to win this conference. You know, it's it's going to be tight, and obviously Oklahoma having the the home court is an advantage. I know it's not Allen Fieldhouse or anything like that, but um, I really like the job Grant McCaslin's done. He just he turns programs around and he does it right away. That's always so impressive to me when a coach can do that with guys that aren't his guys. You know, with Mark Adams, it was still impressive, but he was recruiting these kids. Yeah, and he, he was, was part of that staff. Chris Beard staff. Yes. Rodney Terry, same way. But when a guy can come in 
and instantly bring success without his own guys, it's it's impressive. Now, of course, they need to start doing it once they do the recruiting. Uh, you know, no, not mentioning any names, Dave Aranda, but you, you do have to start doing it with your own guys too. But I love the job McCaslin's done. They are tough. They're they're tough enough to to compete with anyone in this conference, mm-hmm. and they can score eighty points a game. That's that's still impressive, and they're keeping up that pace in in the Big Twelve to some extent. You know, Baylor's at eighty one points a game, but that was because of a couple hundreds and nineties in the in the non conference schedule. They're they're playing in the sixties and seventies right now. Tech is playing in the high seventies right now, um, and so I'm wondering if if there's something that will give between these two good defensive teams that can also shoot the rock pretty well. Uh, and I have to, I, I will bring in one Debbie Downer comment with this great slate of games. The three we've mentioned so far, Houston, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, all within three hours, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 31. What are we doing, guys? Yeah, that's get not... on board, America. We need to space this out, baby. We're the only ones giving you the premium content every night. This conference, we're the only one. And we, we need to space that out. We got a channel surf. <laughs> I know, man. It's... Some of us are going to the Baylor game at three, and you're you have to keep track of it. And get get into the game. It's like, come on, yeah. can I get an eight o'clock in there? That would be nice. Be anyway. nice, but it's just, uh, I I don't know, you. I guess the networks are going, hey, uh, we got a chance to get this. Okay, this is the best conference. We'll, yeah, we'll take so it. Yeah, so I guess I would have to check. I'm I, Obviously, there are going to be three like different family of networks. I'd have to Yeah, the Houston suppose. game is on ESPN, the Iowa State-Kansas game on CBS, Oklahoma and Texas yeah, Tech okay. on ESPN+. Plus. Give me a break. What? Yeah, give me I a know, break. Oh, they have to pick those before the season, but come on. Yeah, that Can I get some flex? Should not have been. Ugh. ESPN2 has Texas and BYU at 1 o'clock. ESPN Plus has West Virginia and Oklahoma State at 1 o'clock. On ESPN2 at 3 o'clock will be the Horn Frogs and the Baylor Bears. And then UCF and Cincinnati at 6 o'clock again on ESPN+. Plus. Well, they There should not a be game. a single Big 12 game on ESPN+. Plus. Just saying. That's just the contract. I know. It is. But and I think you should be able to flex them, especially, especially with how many ESPN especially there are. a top 25 matchup between Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Yeah, that's stinks, that's man. That should be on network TV somewhere. Great for the gate, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. guess. I mean, come on. But, it, but, you know, it's all owned by ESPN. So if you've got a clunker at 1 o'clock on ESPN2, why can't you just flex that out? Yeah, know. trade them out. I don't know. I just thought because they both tip all... at the same time. Yeah, I mean they do. You got Texas and BYU at one o'clock on oh, ESPN yeah, that's the game. two. Yeah, that's the game. So, eh? Oh, those are two big fan bases, though. I don't know. I, they can maybe do that. that's it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see well, that. Probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. A little Big Twelve basketball talk for you. Well, he's back. Baylor, Big 12 women's basketball. 
on ESPN Central Texas. The 13th-ranked Baylor women back in action Sunday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 12.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 1 p.m. tip-off Sunday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. CTWP, your only local copier company, has been in business since 1979. Coppers, wide format machines, shredders, and mailing machines are available for you. CTWP is authorized dealer of Xerox, Konica, Minolta, Canon, Learmark's brother, and many, many more. The name brands that you recognize are at CTWP. They offer short-term and long-term leases, rentals, and direct purchases are available. Optional maintenance plans are also available and include all parts, labor, and supplies. If you need to copy it, scan it, print it, build it, fold it, or upload it to the cloud, CTWP can recommend the correct machine and software for you. Name the 2023 Elite Copier Dealer for Outstanding Customer Service and Community Involvement by ENX Magazine. Over $2 million in nonprofits around Texas is what they do to help the community. And you can stop by and see them at 3730 Franklin Avenue in Waco or 1505 West Avenue in Temple. Give them a call at 254-752-0376 or check them out online at ctwp.com. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Hey folks, Gary Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For an example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Traverse is $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, $3,000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away at McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. 
Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family and friends and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success and we do all the work. If you're on the road we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Voss. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's you'll love our sausage. Time now for Stephanie Sports Talk. A look at sports through the eyes of Stephanie, as only she could do with the Googles. Presented by Advanced Leveling House and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, Mosby's Land Management, Stiefel Investments, Volkswagen of Waco. She's back. Ta da! <laughs> you nailed it this time. I did. I was actually in Must key be the too. tacos. Oh, got heartburn so bad. Stop it. Oh, no. I'm about to belch in this mic. I'm doing Don't everything do I can not to. <laughs> That's better than a lot of sports talk I hear on, on the other stations. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I got something special for y'all today. <laughs> you, you, implying that the other days are not special, Steph. Come on, every day is special in my eyes. Well, you got when that right. Unicorns and rainbows, baby. Unicorns and rainbows. Mm. All right, so this sport started in Western Europe and Asia. Okay, it Love later when they start there. Uh huh. It later came to America after the Civil War. Okay, so that was a long time ago. You went way back in the Googles. Well, yeah, but I don't know when the Civil War was, so I just know it was before I was born. Ooh, I know. I'm tempted. I'm tempted here. Don't can you even. Give, can you give me a time frame? Don't even. Like the. I don't know. You come the, on. Like 1700s. Mm. Why are y'all serious? Mm. I did not say. Not mm. the 1900s. I'll I didn't say that. 19. Not 17 nor it was, 19. It was not be the oh. 17s either. There you go. So it was the 1800s. Yep. Very good. Okay. Well, I don't even know what happened. 61 to 65. Next time someone asks. I don't even know what they were fighting over. What? We don't what? even. What? <laughs> 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 don't even know. Can we just get back to oh, my sports? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Because I'll. I think we better. <laughs> I, I will. I will give this up. So this is. Okay. We need to get back so to So anyways. I wow. <laughs> hey, mark that, please. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, so it is baton twirling. At the Civil War? No, it came to America after the Civil War, baton oh. twirling, which would make sense if so you're while a war. We were, while we were fighting over here over God knows what, right. they were out there in Western <laughs> Europe having some darn fun, man. They were learning how to twirl the baton. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. It has. What's the word I'm looking for? When it grows. I'm not going there. <laughs> what I'm not going there. What's the word I'm looking for? Are you uh, like stop expansion it. or some? Well, when it gets more popular. Uh, you could just say it grows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As the sport grew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfectly fine. <laughs> it involves not just twirling the baton, Uh-oh. but dancing Uh-oh. with it and gymnastics while you're twirling a baton. Well, I didn't know this. Well, maybe. No, I didn't know this. Because, you know, you can go to, like, a college football game. Yep. And when yeah. the band's out there and the flag people, you'll see those baton twirlers out there. They are also at the Foster Pavilion. Yes, they are, as a matter okay, of fact. Okay, well, I tried to take baton one time when I was younger, like in the third or fourth grade. Yeah, I can see that not working out. It didn't because I kept hitting myself in the head. And, that it, really, and it looked like my parents beat me. So it really I, shocks me. <laughs> <laughs> so I quit. I'll give you that one, Stephanie. I wouldn't be able to do that. Either. I mean, it's hard. I, I mean, I know how to it. just do a simple, like, circle eight, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me knowing what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, these, this stuff is hard. So, anyways, it has it's all over the world, and I didn't know this, but we have a United States Twirling Federation, mm-hmm. and then you have a World Twirling Federation. And the world championship is coming up in August in Sweden. Okay. So here are my thoughts. <laughs> we could so the tryouts. Uh, we here we go with the we. All right. Is there a mouse in your pocket? No, no. Listen. So the tryouts to go to the world championship are going to be held in Shelbyville, Indiana, in March. Okay. Oh, I thought this was going to be a Simpsons thing. Well, so it, look, we. If, if, if you're going to try out, uh-huh. you have to learn how to do it without hitting yourself in the head, <laughs> or you're take, probably not going to make it. I Rekindling know, the passion. But I wasn't. But see, listen, you they do it like they have like you go and perform singly, or two of you, or you can do it as a team. And because we all love teamwork in this building, mm-hmm. uh-huh. well, okay, between the four Literally. of us, <laughs> that we could go take lessons and become a team and go to Indiana and try out. I think it would be so fun. You don't have to wear a leotard. <laughs> okay. Thank God. That's probably a good thing for not only me, but for everybody else Everyone around. Everyone involved, yeah. You can wear shorts or sweatpants. Uh, I've never been to Indiana. I think Actually, that's not true. I just went in November. I so anyways, I think it's kind of cool. And right now, the powerhouses, they say, around the world mm-hmm. that are like really good at this is France, Italy, Japan, and the U.S. So, so is it is it just like a show? No. I mean, do you no, do a routine? Judged. Yeah, you have to do a routine. Okay. And so you it's have judged. a panel of judges. And so you're judged on uh, how difficult, I guess, the twirling of the baton. Because, you know, some people will like the baton on fire. I've yeah, seen like that. Like the ends. Yeah, yeah. You know, and some will have like three or four going at, going at a time. And then, you know, some will like do a backflip, dance, you know. What I wonder about air. these is. Not to be the the macho guy in the room, but like, when do we just consider these activities rather than sports? No, now, uh-uh. This is a sport. I want. It's to... impressive. Do you I'm know not saying it's not that... impressive, okay. but like, it is a sport. Okay, I'll hear this out. Because you have to have gymnastics. Okay, you know we you know have coordination. If you want to win, you do. You have to incorporate gymnastics, which means you like flip, catch. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's just to me that feels like. 
Uh, this is really going to sound like I'm tearing it down. The same skills as being like a good Dance Dance Revolution player or a video gamer. What? A gamer. <laughs> what? It's the same like fast twitch, hand-eye coordination. Like you see those people who game professionally. Okay. It's okay. insane. I just wouldn't call it a sport. That's all. Steph's taking personal offense to this. Well, because I know how hard it is. I'm not saying it's not hard. Just because you hit yourself in the head <laughs> doesn't make doesn't it hard for everybody else. Algebra's hard. It's yeah. not okay. a school. Okay. <laughs> well, so is history, obviously. Well, you think? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm saying that, okay, not when I was trying to learn to do the twirling, okay, mm-hmm. I was just standing in one place, okay? Now, you add in gymnastics, which gymnastics I'm not is a sure sport. that there's gymnastics included in this. I think there I is some. I read it on the Googles. Well, that doesn't mean it's true. And I read it on the World Federation whatever site. Okay. That you have to have but some But is gymnastics. it really gymnastics or is it just more of dance routines incorporated into baton twirling? Because well, those when dance I think routines of, are hard. When I, I'm not saying they're not. They but are when hard, I, yes. When I think of gymnastics, I think of floor routines. And the bars and the pommel horse and things like that. I don't think those are incorporated into baton twirling. I don't. Well, they could. No, they couldn't. Well, That's to tough. me, as yeah, far as if they do the gymnastics, if, you have if, to. If you're going to do baton twirling while you're on the bars, I'll pay to see that. <laughs> yes, I will call it a sport then. But like gymnastics, you have to even have like a certain physique to do it. Well, like, that's how demanding it is. I know. I tried swimming, gymnastics Swimming's also. the same way. You know? Shocking. <laughs> like, I'm not saying this thing isn't hard. In fact, I, okay. we could agree on that. But I just... What? Okay, but I read one time in the encyclopedia that a sport is any physical activity. This is a physical activity. That is not true. Well, then I read the wrong encyclopedia. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> you probably did. You probably need to go get the one and start with the American Civil War. <laughs> start there, and then let's go from there. Look, there's something I saw. It's in Tony, the A's. There's something I saw Tony Soprano do a lot on the Sopranos where he didn't move at all. I ain't calling that a sport. Okay, you know. Anyway, any I'm physical well, activity. I neither don't know. is goose throwing, but we've talked about that. So I'm just saying. Goose oh throwing. no, you can still talk about it. Or goose it. pulling. Okay. They do that over on the other side of the world. <laughs> the other side of the water. On the other side of the, the pond. Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying that you can have your own opinion, Cam. I, I, I frequently do. I'm just bringing it to your attention that there is such a thing, and it is a thing. I'm just think it's it's not even on you for bringing it up. It's <laughs> why do we have a world twirling for federation? Is more my. Point. I, I think it's probably more and popular we than we realize. You imagine things, the chaos if there wasn't a federation. I, I guess man, you? the wild it, west but, of the twirling you know world. Though, man. I'm the, the official description of baton twirling. Okay, okay, go ahead. It combines dance, agility. Coordination and flexibility. There's nothing about gymnastics, but it includes dance, agility, coordination, and flexibility. Which, all right, while manipulating a single or multiple batons, it is a sport that is played worldwide. Ah, ah, it's ah. typically accompanied by musical tunes. Musical tunes. Tunes. Oh, tunes. <laughs> like the Supremes. <laughs> Who? And the Beatles, Paul McCarthy. Yeah. And all them. Well, I brought it to your attention <laughs> because I saw some video. Mike and Paul. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to do. And I've oh, tried I, it. For sure. And I couldn't do this. I, I, I mean, I couldn't I don't play most disagree sports, with you. There's no way I could do it. And, I just, and all I was suggesting, Cam, 
Is it's it like we car learn? racing? Is I don't know if car racing is a sport. We do a group activity. What? I don't know if car racing is a sport. It's really impressive. Like it's insane but they to consider do, it a sport, right? I, I know, I know. Same with twirling. But it, I'm going to go back to what Ward just said. It is probably really, really, really popular, and more popular than what we think. I would like to know where. I don't doubt you. I well, just I don't know think where. right here in Waco. You think it's like Mongolia? They're just way into it. No, it. Ju- Never I just heard told of you. soccer, but they're into this. When it comes to here, the competitions, France. Yeah, Italy no, and no, I know. Yeah, yeah. You said here, here's European. some more history for you on this that I think is intriguing. Okay, let's you, you said it started in Western Europe and Asia, mm-hmm. came over during the Civil War. You know where it started in the U.S. What are you reading? San Francisco. Millsaps College in Mississippi. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ooh. I did read that. I did read that. I don't even know where that is, but I did read that. It would be in Millsaps, Mississippi. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a college. No, there. I don't know exactly where it is. But, yeah, I did read that. So it's in Mississippi. I didn't even know they had colleges back in the Civil War area. Era. What? That, too. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is for next time, okay? Baylor. In our town here, in our pretty little town here, they have- 1845. What about Civil it? War started in 1861. 1840s. So they're closer than you think. Those oh. schools that are that old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Harvard was like the 1600s. I don't know. 1636. I don't even know how I got sure. through college, honestly. Me neither. Be quiet. <laughs> we, we, can, we can agree on that one. I don't know. Millsaps is in Jackson, Mississippi. Just kidding. Jackson, I don't Mississippi. Know I I've got been there. College. I've been there. I have too. I can't tell you what's there. Millsaps College. Th- it's that? Like a decent sized city, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Jacksonville's a pretty good sized city. And I bet they have baton twirlers there. Well, Damn. obviously, since it started there. Yeah, I guess. They're NCAA Division Three too. Ah, there you go. I don't know. I think UMHB's played Millsaps before. I'm not mistaken. I don't know. But there you go. All That's right. your sports talk for today. And yes, it's a sport. You'll do some twirling. all right thanks steph coming up next we'll get back to the nfl right here in the press box on espn central texas it's the baylor coaches show tonight live from rudy's with the voice of the bears john morris join us tonight beginning at 6 p.m live from rudy's in waco and hear from equestrian head coach casey maxwell and men's basketball head coach scott drew that's tonight from 6 till 7 p.m for the baylor coaches show live from rudy's here on espn central texas Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Central Texas, it's time to support our youth. You're invited to attend the 2024 McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair February 5th through the 9th at Extraco Event Center in Waco. More than 500 McLennan County 4-H and FFA students will be exhibiting livestock for an opportunity to sell at the annual Sale of Champions Friday, February 9th at 6.30 p.m. Last year's sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects. For more information, call 254-722-2597 and like the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show on Facebook. 
your home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN Central Texas. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. Attention fans of Hellberg Barbecue. You can enjoy their Central Texas-style barbecue, homemade sides, and desserts at their current location, 8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. They are operating drive through and curbside service out of food trailers parked outside the building, and their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., or till they sell out. Customers can call 254-265-5387 for pre-orders. Hellberg's Barbecue full-service catering option is still available for your next group outing. Soon, Hellberg will offer sandwiches and banana pudding at the grab-and-go markets inside the new Foster Pavilion. The future of Hellberg Barbecue includes a new building, bigger and better than ever, just down Highway 6 from the current location. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-5387 and at hellbergbarbecue.com. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hmm. Gotta Good like stuff that. Again. Good yeah. stuff again. Aaron, on the wheels of steel. Welcome back to the press box. We climb into the second hour here on this Thirsty Thursday. Whoa. And some breaking news from the world of college football. Yeah, from WFAB down in Baton Rouge. Breaking news. Former LSU wide receiver, now current New England Patriots wide receiver, Kayshawn Boutte, arrested in a legal sports ga- gambling probe. It says in the article that he has placed over 8,900 bets, including some on LSU football while he was on the LSU football team. Oof. And to give you a little context, the, the, all the arrests for Iowa and Iowa State players, I don't think any of those were for more than $1,000. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that it wasn't bad, especially when people were betting on their own teams, which I think one of the players was. But 
it was very small amounts. This is a lot of money and a lot of bets over a long period of time, yeah. including on LSU. Now, it didn't say that he bet against LSU, which would really be bad, but still not <laughs> That'd good. That'd be a whole other worm, I guess. But, I mean, we don't have a dollar figure yet, but when you place 9,000 bets, I mean. Probably a good amount. It's probably a good amount of money. Also, I hope he was it says some. the word illegal, right? Yes. and So, so I guess this is not going thing. on DraftKings. Or one of those sites. This is going through some shady. I would. I would know. Shady deals. I don't know. From what I read in the article, he was placing the bets before he was eighteen. He created a an account illegally okay. because oh, okay. that said he was eighteen. Basically, he lied online saying he was eighteen, where he could place bets on one of them. Okay. Draft so uh, all right, I, felony I, I get that, but I mean, it, there's no way he placed that many bets before he was eighteen. I wouldn't think so, but no. So I I don't know. But I get yeah, and especially Louisiana. I mean, we know here in Texas you can gamble in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, know that. So yeah, I'm trying to read through it right now. This is I mean, he could have walked into a casino and laid it down on the sports book in the casino. Oh, it's twenty. It's twenty one. The age is twenty one oh, in Louisiana. Yeah. That's so a big it's difference. not eighteen. Yeah, that's a that's see because in Oklahoma one. it's eighteen. Yeah, they're listing it as uh. The report from WFAB notes that a source indicated wagers and payouts involving Boutte's account, which was created fraudulently, listing the user's age at 21 years or older, involved, quote, several hundred thousand dollars. That makes more sense. Yeah, that's... That's not good. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, specifically Boutte being charged with felony computer fraud, as well as a misdemeanor count of gaming prohibited for persons under 21 in Louisiana. Wow. Expected to turn himself in at the East Baton Rouge Parish Prison later today. So how does something like that come to fruition and come out since he's been in New England for how long now? This was his first year. So... So I guess he's probably twenty two, twenty three. Maybe now. this has been investigated over the past two or three years, and they finally got enough evidence to say, "Okay, here's where we're going." Yeah, I, I get it, and I understand. And by no means do I say it's okay for you to gamble when you're underage or gamble on your team. Mm-hmm. But at one point, at what point, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. At what point we have the wild, wild west in college football, basketball, and baseball right now with the transfer portal being wide open and NIL money and kids at the age of 18 making millions yeah. to go play college football. At one point, do we just kind of go, you know, if they want to use DraftKings, let them use DraftKings. I mean... Yeah, I would say I mean, with that same token. Because I think coming down the line, if you do that, how much money does DraftKings funnel in to this NIL money? Yeah, I would say by that same token. I mean, token, if you're going to make it dirty, let's get dirty. And but by, by, by the same token, I would say if we're allowing you to make some money without having to gamble, why are you gambling? Well, I think that's there's a, a good point, I think the NCAA is probably thinking about that, too. It's just... It's just the fact that there's so much unknown about it. It was the same thing with the Iowa State kids. We, and and I'm sure Keyshawn Butte will come out and say, "Oh yeah, I was betting on LSU to win." 
we just we don't really know what kind of control he would have had. And to be honest, we probably won't know all his bets. You know, it's, we, we might no. know what he's going through on a website. Now, do I agree with you betting on your team? No. Bets. You stay away from your team. Bet on other Absolutely. ones. That's fine. Yeah, it said he bet on LSU games six times. It didn't say. Yeah, that, that you shouldn't do what? that. You should be smarter than that. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, it's illegal no matter what you're what you're doing. Now, does the NFL, I know that they're in bed with DraftKings and they do a lot, but is there any active players? I don't remember, and I'm asking this honestly. Is there any active players in the NFL that are promoting DraftKings, or is all is it all retired players and sports hmm. broadcasters that you uh. you know and and entertainment guys that you see doing the DraftKings commercials? I don't remember a active player doing DraftKings. Yeah, I don't. And there's probably a reason for that, but I'm just saying. I know that the NFL and DraftKings are kind of going hand to hand a little bit right now. Well, yeah, that's. Should be Calvin You can't do it in NFL facilities. You can't do it on a team plane, any team, like anything involved. You can do it in your home. But but if you do it anywhere else. You're talking about a player. Yes. Anybody else can do it in a facility or anything. Right. There's been a couple of people suspended for gambling, and I don't know if it was DraftKings or placing actual bets. But I'm saying. And DraftKings does have actual bets, but like in Texas, you can only do daily fantasy. Like you can't bet. On the games, the, what what I'm saying though, not not that I know there's probably active players that are using DraftKings mm-hmm. and not but using it in the facility, there. but a- actually promoting being paid by DraftKings. To, oh, I don't think you could do that. No. See, I don't I don't know that there's an active player doing that. No, I I think that's probably against the rules. Yeah, I'm looking so. through some of them now. Well, if it all... wasn't, they would have athletes line. Li- they would line up athletes to I, throw money. I at agree. Them. I'm looking at some of them right now when I'm googling it, and it's all. Former people and a lot of like sports personalities like Bill Simmons, Charles Barkley. I think that's for yeah, it's it's all hey, it's Adams. all retired athletes, isn't it? Yeah, looks like it. Hmm. Or Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does a lot of them. All right, there you go. Coming up next, we will visit with your boy Q Q Myers from Game Night right here on ESPN. We'll have him next in the press box. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Baylor, Big 12 Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Basketball welcomes TCU into Foster Pavilion this Saturday. 2.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 3 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. 
Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville in Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive-thru on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. What's the most important thing to you when car shopping? Quality vehicle? Outstanding reputation? A dealership you can depend on? Hi, I'm Amy Hunter, and at Jeff Hunter Toyota, you get all three of those. But don't take my word for it. According to Consumer Reports, Toyota has been named one of the most reliable brands in the auto industry. Stop by and let us prove it to you. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco Values. It's Matt Mosley. You can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or shoulder or like my neck, for instance. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back. And listen, it's non-surgical. It's very important. If this is the year you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step now. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on the calendar. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics, 254 254- Four one five four one zero zero. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. On the road with Mr. Rhodes. Hey, here's a shocker. Cars are bigger than people. So if you're behind the wheel, be careful. Those crosswalk stripes, yeah, they aren't left over from National Painted Street like a zebra day. They mean you need to stop for people in crosswalks and yield the right of way when turning at intersections. And no looking at phones, photos, texts, emails, or holding your jeans or where that nickel fell. Oh, and please slow down. Sound advice. Mixed in with professional sound effects. Be safe, drive smart. A message from TechStop. Time for our weekly visit with Q Myers from Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box. Here on this Thirsty Thursday, as promised, your boy Q 
Myers from Game Time on ESPN Central Texas joins us. Q, how are you? Man, I'm doing good, but I think you guys started Thirsty Thursday a little early, man. It's, it's game night, not game time. Oh, yeah, game night. <laughs> I will not deny hey. the allegations of starting Thirsty Thursday too early. I get it right on the tweets. And I'm not mad at you. I, mean, hey, I, just, I'm I appreciate just mad your support. That I'm not part of it. <laughs> I did say game time. I'm sorry, it is game night. And I think the liner's right. Is the liner right? Okay. Very nope. good. Huh? Was the liner not right? No, no. He said game time. He was drunk, too. <laughs> time for our weekly visit with Q Myers from Game Time on ESPN uh, Central Texas. Aaron didn't change it out. We do have the right one. Mm. No. Keep yeah. passing no. the buck. Everyone here passing yeah. the buck. All right. Aaron, get that fixed before we get out of here. <laughs> Q joined us here on ESPN Central Texas inside the press box. All right, Q. One of the dominoes is falling now. Other dominoes start falling, but does it seem like that the NFL coaching vacancies were waiting on Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers to make up their mind? As you see, other coaches starting to fall into place right now. But Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Your thoughts on him taking over that organization? Well, I mean, he's a he's a proven winner, right? He's won everywhere that he's been. It doesn't matter if it was at the University of San Diego, Stanford, San Francisco with the 49ers, obviously Michigan. So the, the Chargers are getting what they need. They're in L.A. They're the last thought-of product when it comes to football in L.A. So now they're getting a big name, a big personality, and a guy who's a proven winner. And, oh, by the way, they have a really good quarterback. So that's a great it's a great move for the Chargers to get him. And that, I think, is, is good, and it'll pay off at some point. But if you look at it right now, they're like 50 or $60 million in the red when it comes to the salary cap. So they've got to go in there, and they've got to go with the ultimate purge right off top. So that's going to be their first you know, mission. Not to mention, they had to give up every inch of power or everything that they had. I mean, he's got more power than God at this point now with the Chargers, right? I mean, and that's ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's going to be in charge of everything. And so if your organization is okay with that and comfortable with that situation, you know, then that's fine. Then that's who you are. That's cool. But, you know, I think that it's better for most organizations to actually have a general manager that is, you know, has the final say and, you know, is able to, you know, kind of suggest this and, and go back and collaborate with the head coach, but not let the head coach be uh, the end all be all. So we'll see how it works. I like Harbaugh as a coach. I think he's going to do really well there in a couple of years. Uh, probably really starting this upcoming season in 2024, you'll start to see how it gets turned around. But the real success will probably come in, like I said, two, three seasons. And then, well, he'll probably be out of there in about four or five seasons because that's who Jim Harbaugh is. Hey, Q, looking at the quarterback situation there, it's different and probably better than any other head coach vacancy in, in the NFL with Justin Herbert there. Like, he doesn't have this great year, but he didn't regress the way we saw Mac Jones. He didn't have – he will no longer have – the the tumult around him that someone like Justin Fields has. So is this the guy that Harbaugh can rock with? Can it be Harbaugh and Herbert really taking the Chargers back to the playoffs here in the next couple seasons? Or does Harbaugh look somewhere else, you think? No, no, no. It, it's, it's Herbert, and there's no doubt, right? I mean, he, he's been talking about Justin Herbert while he was at Michigan. He was like, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Let's talk about that one in L.A. with the Chargers. I mean, he brings up Herbert any chance he gets. So he's going to be excited to work with him. And honestly, I think it's such a good pairing because nobody has gotten what you're supposed to get out of Justin Herbert yet, right? I mean, it's like you look at what he is, and when he came out of Oregon, everyone thought he was going to be the end-all, be-all, and he's really good. 
I mean, he, he's obviously on the Chargers, so I see him all the time as I'm here in Vegas covering the Raiders. I see him all the time. I know how good his arm talent is. I know that he's got legs. He's got mobility. He's smart enough to get the job done. But no coach they've had has been able to get it done. Anthony Lynn, nope. Brandon Staley, nope. So now it's Jim Harbaugh's turn. But he's a guy that's played the position. He played with that organization, the Chargers, as a quarterback, right? He knows how to he, – he's developed quarterbacks everywhere he went. He's going to make J.J. McCarthy in Michigan probably a first-round pick, right? And J.J. McCarthy, in my opinion, is not a first-round quarterback. But that's another conversation. He'll get things figured out for Justin Herbert and he'll unleash that talent that he's had. Now they just got to put the rest of the team around him, get it figured out. The offensive line needs work. They need a running back. Uh, the defense has never been able to figure out for the longest there. I don't understand that. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's areas of improvement that they need. I'll tell you what, Quentin Johnson, he's going he's gonna, to uh, have an opportunity to really have a good time in that offense led by, by Jim Harbaugh, that's for sure. And, and speaking of that offense, what happens to Kellen Moore? Because before Jim Harbaugh was hired, I heard or saw some reports of the Chargers don't want Kellen Moore going out and talking to other teams about offensive coordinator. Why? I have no idea. You know my feelings on Kellen Moore. But that yeah. was the report. Now that Jim Harbaugh's been hired, there's no way he keeps Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator, is there? No, there, there isn't. And I'm glad you, you asked me that question because last night on, on game night, I asked the same question. We had a couple different people on that cover the Chargers. And I was like, wait, it doesn't make any sense that, you know, they blocked him from going to interview him for offensive coordinator positions. And then you go and hire Jim Harbaugh. And so I said, is there a chance he comes back? And they're like, no, there's a 0.0% chance that Kellen Moore will be back. So basically, I guess they were holding on to him just in case they didn't land Jim Harbaugh. They were holding on to him just in case they had to bring in another head coach. And maybe Ah, they were interested in Kellen Moore. That's the only thing that makes any kind of sense. And honestly, I thought he was going to do really well with the Chargers, even though I'm not a big Kellen Moore fan either. Uh, I just don't really like his philosophy, but I know what the Chargers wanted. And they wanted him to unleash the, the, the passing ability of Justin Herbert and get him to, you know, throw the ball down the field. And that's why they drafted Quentin Johnson to be that big playmaker and, you know, wide receiver. And it never really, it just never came to form. So he didn't do very good. I think Kellen Moore, as far as his resume goes, probably took a step back. I know he's interviewed with teams like the Seahawks for their head coaching position. I think that was just kind of a, hey, let's do a little bit of fact fact-finding, talk to this guy, see what he's all about. But that's not really the direction that we're planning on going. Uh, he'll be probably a coordinator somewhere this upcoming year. He won't be in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. I don't know where it's going to be, but he'll be out there somewhere because, well, you know, the next team is going to be the team where he really gets it right, right? That's, that's what <laughs> Hey, Q, looking at the other big uh, head coaching name that was out there and only interviewed one place that we know of is Bill Belichick in Atlanta. And yet still, that was last weekend, we have – we haven't heard anything out of that camp. Do you think there's enough uh, dissension or attrition within the Falcons' war room that Arthur Blank can't just make this decision and make Bill Belichick the head coach? What what could the holdup be here? Well, you know, it's funny, uh, and this is another subject I've been talking about quite a bit, is you know Bill Belichick, because we consider him the greatest of all time, right, as far as head coach. And he's interviewed twice with the Falcons. Think about that. Just, just yeah. think about what yes, I just Yes, it's weird to yeah. think about. We consider yeah. him... Right. We consider him the greatest of all time, and he's had to interview twice, and he still hasn't got the job. So that just kind of lets you know, Arthur Blank, I know, likes him a lot. I know Arthur Blank wants him. But the problem is, in Atlanta, they know if they bring in Bill Belichick, then they're going to do basically what the Chargers just did with Jim Harbaugh. They've got to give him all the power. They've got to give him all the say-so. They've got to change the structure of who they are 
to fit him. Because, guys, I don't know if you know, it's really hard to make a 72-year-old change who he is. Right? I mean, it's kind of like, right? I mean, you are who you are, right? I mean, what do we say, Ward, all the time? Like, oh, that's just Pops being Pops. That's right. It's not going to change, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to change. So he he can say everything he wants to say. Oh, I'll relate to the players better. Will you? Probably not, because you're the same guy that you've been the last 24 seasons in New England. So that's where the dissension that you just talked about is coming from. Half the room is saying, yeah, we want him because of his resume. And the other half of the room is saying, yeah, we don't want him because of his resume. Huh. Right. Because, again, they yeah. know that he's going to he's going to change the structure of the organization. And they don't really know if they want to do that, especially because, look, how long is Belichick going to be there? One year, two years, five years. He ain't going to be there 10 years. Right. So, I mean, it's just like, what do you want to do? So I think that that's where the hangups at. And that's why they really have gone and done a lot of, of interviews. Right. I think a guy like Vrabel mm-hmm. would be really good there. Um, you know, if you want to get creative and you want to get a little freaky, maybe, maybe let Kellen Moore go out there and see what he can do. I'm not a Kellen Moore guy, as you know, but we just talked about him, but may- maybe, maybe he could try his luck there in, in, in Atlanta. You know, there's other guys out there. I don't see the fit with Belichick. And honestly, with the fact that we have not seen any, and I mean any other team, even sniff around Bill Belichick, lets me know that there's a good chance he doesn't coach in 2024. And with this Atlanta thing, though, shouldn't they have known this part of it coming in, that he was going to need personnel control, that he's kind of stuck in his ways? And, and I'm not doubting that half the war room is, is probably up in arms about it, but shouldn't that have been something they would have known about before interview number one, let alone interview number two? Well, the, you know, it's funny that you say that. Think about the teams that are going through the hiring process right now. What do they all have in common? They're not very good. They're yeah, not and they do it a lot. Smart, right? And <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's look, I'm not trying to dump on Atlanta and the Falcons, but how long have they been down since? Ever since Dan Quinn lost the lead in the Super Bowl to the Patriots? Yep. Right? They've been down ever since basically then. There's a reason why teams go through these cycles over and over and over, because they're not the smartest organizations. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. They should have known before they brought Bill Belichick in exactly who he is. Look, honestly, he shouldn't even have to interview. What does he have to interview about? Yeah, that's I mean, what we've been what saying. Like, yeah. what, is he, what, is, what is he going to say in an interview that's going to convince you to hire him that he so, hasn't already uh, put on the grass? Still the six Super Bowls, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm Bill Belichick, you know what I do in an interview? I walk in with my rings on and sit them on the yes, table. That's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah. Q Myers I with mean, us from game night here on ESPN <laughs> with the uh, NFL insider for us here in the press box. Out of the jobs, you just mentioned Atlanta, Seattle, Washington. Those three jobs are still up in the air. Q, which one of those is the best opportunity out there right now for a coach? Um, I like Seattle a lot. I really do. Um, I just like the, the Seahawks as a, as an organization. And I think that their front office is good. So they'll go out there and get the talent that you need. I think that that's a really good scenario, but I'm still kind of curious of why they moved on from Pete Carroll, right. And the way that they did it. You know, I mean, I, I didn't see anything wrong with what Pete Carroll has done, especially with who he was working with and involving Geno Smith as the quarterback. So that, to me, is like, okay, is there something going on? Does the GM want more say? Does he want to be able to strong arm? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's something there that we're missing that we don't know about yet. So there's there's a little bit of me that's like, well, okay, maybe. But, I mean, I, I like I like Seattle. I think that's a really good fit. Um, and, and Atlanta, if you get the right guy, I just think that you need – honestly, you probably need someone with a, a little bit younger personality, a little bit of that, you know, swagger. I mean, look, Atlanta – 
I like Atlanta for a lot of different reasons, man. And none of them, Bill Belichick, fit that, fit that uh, you know, that mold, right? It just doesn't seem like he's an Atlanta-type guy, right? It just, it's, it's Atlanta's a different animal, man. And I just think you need someone with a little bit of, you know, a little something-something, man, a little extra, you know, a little, a little swag to him, a little – uh, maybe one of these younger guys that can relate to the players that just came out of the locker room, like the Raiders, for instance, just hired Antonio Pierce, right? Right. And he brought that Raider kind of mystique back and, you know, brought that attitude and, and everything, everything that you'd expect from a Raider. Like a guy like that, I think would fit really well in Atlanta. You know, I mean, it just, it's just, it's just a different dude. I feel like that, that a guy like Belichick is just too like buttoned up to, to be that guy and, and, and go have a, you know, and, and be a really good coach there. I just, I just don't see it. So I think that they need a younger cat, some one of these coordinators that, that is on the come up and, and could be really good. Like, that's how I look at Atlanta. But I, I think Seattle's probably the best location right now. And keeping in on the on the coaching carousel here, with Harbaugh finally getting the job that looked like he was going to get for weeks announced last night, is that kind of the first domino to fall here? Are we going to start? It felt like it was backed up with teams hiring um, for a couple of weeks. Do you think we're going to start to see more hires in the next few days now that that first domino has fallen in, in L.A.? I think you'll start to see it as soon as this, this upcoming weekend is over. As soon as championship weekend is over, I think all these different coaches that are able to interview and uh, maybe go in there and solidify their jobs will do that, right? I just I just feel like it's got to get wrapped up. I mean, look, we're, we're knocking on the door of February, right? I mean, and you've got to also start preparing for free agency. You've got to start preparing for the draft. I mean, there's, there's things that you've got to get going, and if you hold up and – and wait and don't, you know, don't make your hire right now, then, then all of a sudden you're setting your team back. So yeah, I think everything gets ramped up really quickly. Cause obviously Jim Harbaugh was the big fish. Every team was not in line to, to, uh, you know, to, to go after him. I thought there was a couple teams that missed out and they probably should have gone after him. I think Dallas is one of them. I think uh, the, the Eagles are another one. Uh, they probably needed a, a, to make a change as well, but they didn't. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, uh, now that that, that big fish has landed, and if anyone hires Bill Belichick does not name Atlanta, then okay. But I just think that, that it's going to get wrapped up pretty quickly. Q, last weekend in the NFL, and I guess you look at all the games across the, the league, they were pretty decent. But you can't overlook Sunday night with Chiefs and Bills. And wide right for the Bills had to put a sinking <laughs> feeling in a lot of Bills fans going back to the 90s. Yeah, it did, man. And I felt so bad for, for their kicker, uh, Bass. And, and then, you know, he started getting death threats and everything. And you knew that that was going to come. But, like, Bill's fans that were angry at him should have been angry at Jim Nance, right? I mean, because Jim Nance gave him the kiss of death as soon as, <laughs> as soon as he went out there. As soon as they were even on that drive, he's like, well, Sean McDermott told us this week that the kicker has a lot. He's got a lot of support in the building. And even though he's missed kicks, we know that as soon as he goes out there to kick a game-winning kick or a game-tying kick, He'll do it. We have all the confidence in the world. And I thought, why in the hell would you say that before he goes out there? You know, you know, you just, you just jinxed them. You just put that broadcaster jinx on like that curse. And then all of a sudden when it went right, 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 right. I was like, yep, exactly. He was just ready like for it too. It Did you hear that Q? Like he had a great call. I think he was great. ready for that to happen. Man, he rehearsed that thing in the mirror before the, the broadcast. He knew. He knew that that was going to be part of his. Uh, what he, he had a wide left one. He had a wide game. right one, just right in front of him. Yeah, man. He did. He, you know what he didn't have? It's good. That's yeah, he no, he didn't, do, didn't have that. 
he didn't have it good, and that's a shame. But man, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, the Bills. That's that's a that's a situation there. But man, don't ever count out that number fifteen, man. That that Patrick Mahomes guy. You may have heard of him. He's pretty stinking good, isn't he? I mean, I, I hope we all appreciate who he is. And I know we all have our allegiances. And look, me, me of all people, I know more than anyone, man. He he is a is a menace in the side of the Raiders each and every time they play twice a year. But man, this dude, ever since he's been a starter in the league, he's been in the AFC championship game. Like, how rare error are you in? Right? I mean, how how special are you as a player if you can do that every single time? Teams change every year. And I know the Chiefs have been pretty consistent with their personnel. But teams change every year. No locker room looks the same. The one thing that's been consistent with the Chiefs is number 15 since he's been a starter. That dude is special. So, uh, man, what they did on Sunday night with the Chiefs and the Bills and the way that went down. And, look, I'll say this. Everyone's talking about the kick that, that they missed, the wide right. There was still a minute 40 left on the clock. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who does it? Who doesn't think that Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to get down the field and at least get him in field goal range to, to score their own points? Like, I do. I just knew. I was like, oh, they're going to win. There's too much time left on the clock. You can't leave that, that much time for that dude. It's like back in the day with Tom Brady. You can't leave that dude with that much time. He's going to go down there and score. It's a no-brainer. So I'm not even worried about the kicker and the fact that he missed, but I really do appreciate what we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes, and that makes me even more excited for this weekend to see that bad, bad man named Lamar Jackson going up against that bad, bad man named Patrick Mahomes. Man, it's, it's must-see TV, and I guarantee you, I'll start Thirsty Thursday today, and I'll still be on Thirsty Thursday when that game's going on. <laughs> but you, you mentioned Pat Mahomes and what he's been able to do and get into the AFC Championship games. But his first playoff game on the road, Hugh, and people were saying, well, he's going to be on the road. He's still number 15. He's still the best exactly. player in the league. And I – you know, it just amazed me that they were saying, yeah, this is the Bills' turn because they finally got him at home, and he just goes out there and puts on a clinic. Man, look, Patrick Mahomes could play at Waco ISD and put on a clinic. Right? <laughs> I mean, he could, he could play at Wildcat Stadium. He could play at Panther Way. I mean, he could play in the parking lot there at Eminem Broadcasting, and he's going to put on a clinic, right? He could, he could play on Bagby. Right, I mean, he can <laughs> do whatever you want to put, put him wherever you want him. It does right. It doesn't matter where you put him. Put him on Mars. He's going to dominate. He's just that thinking good. And it's funny, man. I, me saying that he could play on Bagby or there at the parking lot of Eminem makes me think back to uh, during the pandemic when we were trying to throw the football over the roof. Yeah, you know the one guy that could throw the football over the roof? That guy. He that guy. Over the roof. And, yeah, he could, he could throw it over the roof at the radio station all the way over to the gas station. I mean, that guy is special. So he could throw it over, over Sonic and everything. Man, that ball is still going. So, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> And, you know, 15, he, he loves winning Super Bowls. He loves beating the Buffalo Bills. And he loves Brittany somewhere in there as well. But looking at that other side, that Buffalo sideline, they have just, they cannot get past Kansas City. It's like these NBA teams we've seen over the last decade that have had to wait out yeah. LeBron. It's just LeBron's free agency because they can't get past him. So to that end, since they since it's just this one team that they, they can't get over, is this championship window closed for Buffalo? You know, probably moving on from Von Miller and Stephon Diggs, but still having Josh Allen, still having Sean McDermott. Do they still have a championship window going into next year? 
I think they still have a window, but it's definitely closing, right? I mean, and, and look, it's, it's Stephon Diggs is starting to slow down a little bit. You're right about Von Miller. He's going to be gone, I'm sure. They, they gave him a whole lot of money to do a whole lot of nothing. Uh, you know, Sean yeah. McDermott's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to rally the troops again. So we'll see uh, what they could do. But as long as you have Josh Allen, you have that quarterback. And he is a really good quarterback. And I don't want to put the loss that they had uh, over the weekend on him 100%. I mean, he had moments and, and he had balls that he missed and kind of reverted back to his old self towards that on that last drive. It almost like he panicked a little bit, but he's still really sticking good. So I, I think that uh, he's going to be fine. They've got to put some more pieces around him. They've got to continue to use the run game that they finally decided to do. Uh, I think that their new quarterback or their new uh, coordinator, offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Brady, who took over uh, once they, once they fired their, their original offensive coordinator, I think that his recipe for offense is good, but they just, they just need to work on some pieces. And unfortunately, one of the big uh, issues for the bills were they were so injured, right? And of course, Baylor's own Terrell Bernard is a hell of a linebacker playing for them. And uh, I root for that guy. And I hate it when he went down with injury uh, and hurt his ankle and wasn't able to go out there and play. Cause like me, me, you and Ward could have scored a touchdown against them last <laughs> week. Right. I mean, it's just, they, they weren't playing any kind of defense. That's why I have no doubt that, uh, you know, that the chiefs would have gone down there with a minute 40 and they probably would have punched it in the end zone. I mean, think about this. If McCole Hardman doesn't have that stupid play where he fumbles the ball through the end zone and he gets a touchback. Field goal doesn't matter. Not even close. Yeah. Right. Field goal doesn't even matter. Exactly. Right. So yeah, I just, they need to fix that defense and improve that defense. And they need to get some more weapons uh, alongside Stephon Diggs because he's slowing down. He's not the guy that just came fresh from Minnesota. He's starting to slow down a little bit. Championship weekend coming up. You mentioned it a few minutes ago, Chiefs, Ravens. And this is a matchup for the ages when you talk about these two quarterbacks yeah. going against each other. One has just been to the, NFC, to the AFC Championship six times in a row, and another one's just won his second MVP. How fun could this game be? This is prime Kobe versus prime LeBron. Wow. That we never saw. This uh-huh. is something we've never saw, but this is this is going to be, I think, I anticipate this being fantastic. You got a guy who's going to win the regular season MVP in Lamar Jackson, and you got a multiple-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP in Pat Mahomes, the guy who's been there, done that. Lamar, with everything he went through this offseason, right? I was at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, when he sent out the when he sent out the, uh, the tweet that he wanted to be traded. John Harbaugh had just sat down at the table to start to talk to the media when all of a sudden that tweet came out, and they're like, hey, John, uh, you want to see this from your quarterback? He wants a trade. So you, you do that in the offseason at the owners' meetings. Then all of a sudden you see they put the franchise tag on him, but it's not exclusive. So he's available for every team in the league, and not one team, as desperate as they are for quarterbacks in this NFL, reached out to Lamar Jackson and even gauged his interest or gauged what it would cost to get him. Not one team across the league did that. And then also he gets the contract with Baltimore. He's healthy all season long. They have a brand new offensive scheme led by Todd Markin. And here they are, the number one seed in the AFC going up against Pat Mahomes, who's all reliable, been there, done that. Even though it doesn't look the same as it's normally looked, they're still in the championship game. I mean, you can't draw it up any better than this, right? Lamar wins this game. If he wins this game, and I'm hoping that he does, I'm rooting for him for multiple reasons, but I'm definitely rooting for him to win this game. That is the ultimate revenge tour. Like, yeah, y'all didn't want me. It's like Mike Jones, right? I mean, like Houston, I, man, I'm you, back in the day. You didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. Like Lamar has a chance to prove to the whole league that he really is the dude that he said he was when he was drafted right there in Arlington. When he was drafted the last pick in the first round, he said, 
the Ravens are going to get a Super Bowl out of me. He's got an opportunity to fulfill that prophecy. And kind of going off of that, Q, you know, we, we talked about this last week about Lamar needs to needs to win a playoff game for, or a home playoff game where they're yeah. favored to, to kind of take that next step in his legacy. But you know how hard we are on quarterbacks in this league. Do, does yeah. he need to now win this game to solidify, oh boy, two-time MVP, and now he actually beat Patrick Mahomes and is going to a Super Bowl. This guy's for real. Does he need that to convince a lot of people around this league that he is a top three, top four quarterback in the game? Yeah, he does. You know, and, and I don't know if that's fair, but it's, right. it's what it is. And, and the reason for that is, and this is just my personal feeling about it, I feel like the, the, the goalposts move for Lamar Jackson. I really do. You know, he's not the, you know, like every time you see Pat Mahomes, right, he's got the family, he's got the good smile, he's the State Farm guy, everyone roots for him. He's the guy from East Texas. He could throw the ball from here, there, and the other, right? Everyone roots for him, and it's just like, man, this dude's amazing. And then you look at Lamar, and he's, he's from South Florida. He's got that South Florida swag to him. Like, you know what I mean? He's braided up. He's, you know, he's, he's been talked about as a runner as opposed to a quarterback. He's had to prove that he could be a quarterback. It's just different for him. And every time, and not for me, but others have said, yeah, but. Yeah, but I feel like there's always a lot of yeah, buts around Lamar. So I, I honestly feel like, guys, he needs to not only check this box and get to the Super Bowl, he needs to win that bad boy, right? Because if not, then they're going to say, yeah, see, they gave him all that money and he didn't win it, right? I mean, because right. even, even before he got his contract, they said, yeah, but he's, he's injured. He's injured a lot. Is he really? Oh, he's a running quarterback. He's going to get hurt. Uh, actually, he didn't get hurt running, and he's not injured that often. If you actually go back and look, and by the way, he gets down very well. He gets out of bounds really well. He doesn't take big hits. Like, you've never seen Lamar Jackson take a big hit, right? And so it's just like there's always a narrative, a different storyline for Lamar and it's it, again it's because he's not the same dude he's not he's not you know in that mold of a Dak Prescott or a Pat Mahomes or you know somebody that that guys are like oh that's a good dude like a Steph Curry in the NBA you're like oh that's a good dude right but that guy with a little bit of edge to him a little bit of I don't know what he's thinking a little bit of man I might need to cross the street when you know at, at night because you know him, him and the boys are coming down the block I don't know what to expect so I just want to be on the safe side that's who Lamar is and I can appreciate that so I just think that uh, I think that the narrative always changes for him. So I think he need, he needs to win the whole thing as far as I'm concerned. Q Myers, host of Game Night on ESPN, with us here inside the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Q, let's go over to the NFC where you look at the Lions making the championship game. Now only two teams in this decade in the NFC have not been to the championship game in this decade. That's the Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. But the Lions dance party continues as a championship against the 49ers, can Dan Campbell get that done and continue the party all the way to the Super Bowl? Um, he he can. He It's going to be tough, but he can, right? And, and it's so wild for me to say that. Like, I still hesitate to even say that because I'm like, I'm talking about the Lions. I'm talking <laughs> about those guys, like, right? And it's just, it's, it's like I want to hesitate and say no, but Jared Goff has proven that he's as blue-collar as it gets. You know, Detroit has really welcomed him in, and he's really taken on the personality of the team and the city and the head coach. And, you know, he's, he's not going to wow you, but he's, he's, doing, he's doing some good things. And, you know, the one thing that I think people forget about Jared Goff, this ain't his first rodeo. No, Dude, right? He's, he's been there. Super Bowl, yeah. right? He's been in the Super Bowl. So everyone's, you know, crowning Brock Purdy. He's this, he's that, he's the other. 
Purdy ain't been there, done that yet, right? I mean, look, Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl, so he knows what it takes to punch that ticket to the Super Bowl. I, I could see him getting it done. The one thing that concerns me about this game that, that I think is going to be the problem for the Lions is that their defense is not consistent. If their defense was consistent, I would say they're going to win, right? They have a run game that's going to give the, the 49ers fit. I mean, they, their run game, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, they're going to get after it. They, they really are. And uh, you saw what the Packers were able to do against the 49ers a week ago. So I think that that's going to be the area that is really going to be the deciding factor. Can the Lions make enough stops? And honestly, if the 49ers and their offense gets cooking, like if Christian McCaffrey goes out there and falls out, if Debo actually plays, that's another factor too. He, he might not play. And even if he does, he's got an injured shoulder. Guess what? He's the most physical dude out there on the field. Right. So his shoulder is going to get affected early in the game. So that's a that's an area to, of concern for me. But if that 49ers offense gets rolling, I don't think that there's anything that the Lions are going to do to stop them. I just don't. So, you know, that's the way that they win. If the Niners offense struggles a little bit and the, the Lions defense can actually make a few plays more than they're used to making, then they have a good chance in this game. But uh, I like Jared Goff in this. I like, I like Dan Campbell. I want to see what happens, man. I would love to see them here in Vegas playing in the Super Bowl. And selfishly, uh, I would hate to see the Chiefs or the Niners playing in Allegiant Stadium when it's all said and done because why would you want to see those two teams? And looking at uh, San Francisco and, and Brock Purdy, you impressed me on Sunday. It was the first time really – Big game, money on the table, and not only does he lead them down the field, but he's making the throws to to get them there too. Is was it that much the the case? Are we talking too much about Brock Purdy, or is it a little bit easier on a young guy to have someone like Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best all around player in the league, in the backfield with you? Well, of course. I mean, the more weapons you have, the better, right? Yeah. And that's the, the that's the job of the team to put those weapons around him. But no, I, I like Purdy a lot. He's a, he's a good quarterback and. You know, it's funny just think about this matchup, man. It's the number one overall pick, former number one overall pick, and Jared Goff against the former last pick in the draft. Like, what you want to talk about, you know, a big, <laughs> a big difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brock Purdy was picked literally last. I mean, they at one point called him Mr. Irrelevant. He's obviously very relevant. And Jared Goff was picked once, or number number one overall, you know, not too long ago. So it's, it's, it's just funny, that big, that big gap in between. Uh, the two, but yeah, man, uh, I think Purdy is is playing some good ball. I never considered him like a league MVP. I know people were talking about that, uh, like he could be the league MVP. But I look at San Francisco, and I was like, man, there's like three league MVPs on that team. Right? <laughs> it could be Christian McCaffrey. It could be Trent Williams, the left tackle. It could be Debo Samuel. I mean, they they've got oh Fred Warner on the other yep. side, the middle linebacker. I mean, there's they've got dudes, man. I I call those guys, and I got this from Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Those are bloodthirsty pirates, man. That's just who they are. That that San Francisco 49ers, especially the defense, they are bloodthirsty pirates. So they're they're gonna do what they do. Brock Purdy just has to make sure he doesn't turn the ball over. When he doesn't turn the ball over, he's winning like 99% of the game. So again, going back to the Lions and their struggles on defense. The one thing that they do every once in a while, especially Brian Branch, that's the name I'll throw out there to you. Brian Branch uh, from Alabama, he seems to be always around the ball. So watch for him. If there's going to be a play made defensively by the Lions, it'll be made by Brian Branch. Your boy Q with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas, our NFL insider. You hear him nightly on ESPN on game night. Time now to visit with Q Myers from game night. Weeknights on ESPN Radio. There we go. <laughs> How about that? I revoiced it real quick. That's what. 
hey, whatever you got to do, man, it sounded fantastic, man. That's, that's, that's on demand right there. Boy, I, I need to talk to my people, man, because they got to get on your level. Man. Awesome. <laughs> Q, always appreciate the insights. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we will catch up with you next week, my man. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy your Thirsty Thursday like I would. There he goes. Your boy Q with us here inside the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Man, love talking to that guy. He knows so much about the game and knows so much about the NFL. It's just his insights are spot on and love listening to him nightly right here on ESPN with Game Night. We'll take the break. When we come back, we'll come back and put a bow in the press box right after this. Baylor, Big 12 Women's Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The 13th-ranked Baylor women back in action Sunday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 12.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 1 p.m. tip-off Sunday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Start off 2024 in style with the new Buick Envision from Richard Carr. Rented the number one compact SUV from J.D. Powers. The Envision has room for the family, advanced safety features, and a whispered quiet drive. Right now, qualified buyers save $5,000 on a 2023 Buick Envision at Richard Carr Buick. Or lease a new, well-equipped 2023 Buick Envision for only $335 per month. Call now, get here now, or log on now and drive home in your new Buick today. Richard Carr, we give you more. With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. 